Welcome once again to another episode of the G-Man Show. I'm the G-Man, Ron Gerard, and I will serve as first officer on the mothership of social media. This week, we go deep into our vault of treasures and offer you another installment of Curtain Call, interviews that have stood the test of time. This episode features one of baseball's most prolific sluggers, Ralph Kiner. For seven consecutive seasons, Ralph Kiner led or was tied for the lead in home runs, and he was the first National Leaguer to club 50 homers twice. Kiner played eight seasons of his 10-year career with the Pittsburgh Pirates, followed by seasons with the Chicago Cubs and Cleveland Indians. He was selected to play in six consecutive All-Star games from 1948 to 1953. The left fielder, upon his retirement, spent more than 40 years in the New York Mets broadcast booth. He became a legend. He finished his career with a batting average of 279 and produced 369 home runs and 1,015 RBI. He was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1975. Ralph, uh, I guess uh, when you look back over your career, the, the, the big year was uh, for you, 1949, with the 54 home runs. I mean, probably the most outstanding year. You had the led the league in RBI and slugging percentage. Would you, would you think that's the most gratifying to you? <coughs> well, it certainly was. <coughs> Excuse me, yeah. Well, the 54 home runs, of course, was a lot of home runs. Uh, the, uh, in 1947, I hit 51 home runs, and uh, that was extremely gratifying because I had gone from 23 to 51, and I became the second player in the National League to ever hit 50 home runs or more. And, uh, but 54 was big, and I had a tremendous last month. Uh, in September, I hit uh, 16 home runs in that month. And uh, actually, I hit 55 home runs that year, but one got rained out. I hit it off of uh, Johnny Sane, and uh, the game was called before it was an official ball game, and I lost it. But uh, I, uh, I'd say 49 was all in all my my most satisfying year because it sort of backed up the year I had in 47. You can do it once, but to do it two times, I think, is a, is a real test and a real accomplishment, and uh, that was really a fantastic year for me. Uh, sharing the lead or league, leading the league, you know, for the seven consecutive years, something that's, uh, that's never been done. I mean, that's, uh, when, when you look at that, uh, it's an incredible accomplishment because it, the consistency of, of power that you show. Well, it is a matter of consistency. Also, you got to be able to play all the games. And fortunately, uh, in the early part of my career, I uh, was able to play all the time. Uh, there were many times, of course, uh, in order to uh, play a full season, you had to play hurt. But I was never hurt that badly that I couldn't continue to produce and uh, and hit home runs and I did have a uh, pretty consistent margin the uh, one regret regret I have was the fact that we didn't have great teams and it made it awfully hard to play because it's no fun even though you do produce to uh, lose ball game after ball game I only wish the Pirates had been a little bit more uh, outgoing in the acquisition of better ball players because if you have those kind of years and your team does win, then it's just that that's more icing on the cake. Yesterday was the anniversary of you. Uh, was it about 40 years is it when you were traded from the from the Pirates to the uh, on June? Was it June 4th? I don't really remember the date. I I knew it was coming because Branch Rickey uh, 
uh, is that was that type of general manager. He wasn't going to pay me my salary, and uh, he was the type of pe- a person I like to have players he could manip- manipulate and and to control. And I wasn't that type. And uh, I knew it was coming. Uh, I don't exactly remember the date. I do know it was in June, just around the trading deadline. In fact. The day I was traded, I took batting practice uh, in a pirate uniform, and then the trade was announced after our batting practice, and I changed clubhouses and changed uniforms, then went on to the um, other side of the field at Forbes Field in a visiting dugout. The home run uh, that stands out, I guess people remember, that, uh, that associate with you was the 1950 uh, All-Star game off uh, uh, Art Houtman, I believe. Uh, Art Hulman and uh, that tied up the game in the ninth inning. We went on to win it in the 14th, and that was the first time that uh, they had played played a game that long. Uh, it was a very very hot day in Chicago, and uh, we were all looking forward. To, of course, in those days we went to the uh, All Star game on trains, and it was a little bit different. We had to get out right after that game and get back to the respective cities we were going to by train. But uh, that was a that was a very satisfying home run. I hit home runs in three consecutive All-Star games, which was also a big thrill. Nobody's ever done that before. But that was uh, a big one because it tied the game up. But then Shandy set a home run in the 14th to win it. Uh, the man that uh, was an inspiration to you uh, both on the field and off was uh, the great Hank Greenberg. Uh, and you played with him uh, one year in, in Pittsburgh. And I guess, I, was it Billy... Uh, Billy Herman that wanted to send you down, and I think uh, Hank kind of stepped in and, and explained something to him. Well, it's kind of an interesting story. When Greenberg came over to the Pirates in spring training in 47, uh, he sort of took a liking to me, and uh, his first statement to me was, you'll never hit a lot of home runs the way you're hitting. And, of course, that got my attention. Uh, but he had been a great home run hitter himself, and, of course, hit 58 home runs one season. And I said, what do you mean? And so he proceeded to change my uh, stance and my uh, position in the batter's box and totally kind of reconstruct uh, the way I was going about hitting. The year before, I'd led the league in home runs, but he had also led the American League in home runs. And so I believed him. I I felt that he was really uh, someone who knew what he was talking about, but the results didn't come right away. And going to the 1st of June, I had hit only three home runs for the season. Billy Herman was our manager. Uh, he wanted to get rid of me. He wanted me to, wanted to send me back to the minors, and Hank went to uh, the front office. Frank McKinney was the president of the ball club at that time. John Grant Galbraith was also involved, but Frank McKinney was the main man then. And he said, don't send this kid out. He's going to be all right. Well, from June 1st till the end of the season, I hit 48 home runs, and I ended up with 51, and, and uh, everything fell in place right after that. I'll never forget the day before on... Uh, the last day of May, I had faced uh, Hank Verroy, who was an outstanding pitcher and now pitching for the Cubs. And he had struck me out four times, and I, that was a low point. I thought I was going back to the minors. There was no question in my mind because I had heard the fact that Herman wanted to send me back. I didn't know Hank had interceded in my behalf until later, but uh, it certainly worked after that. Ralph, on the announcing side, uh... I, uh, we have uh, a number of people that I've spoken with. I'm surprised at how many people uh, love your home run call when, you, you know, you're, you're known for that. That ball is gone, goodbye. I mean, how did that come about? How did you originate? Well, you know, you have to have an individual call. Everybody tries to work one out. I don't really remember 
How I came up with that, I know I must have done it subconsciously one time, and I liked it. And I thought, well, that might be a good way to do it. And so uh, I've called just about every home run uh, that's been hit by any game that I've been broadcasting uh, that way. It's uh, you, you have to come up with something that's different from somebody else, and that just worked it out. Finally, Ralph, uh, you, you know, you were a dead pull hitter uh, your whole career. You never changed. I know there were instances where they tried to shift on you. Maybe Lou Boudreau did it, Allah, the way he did against uh, Ted Williams. But you, uh, you weren't going to change your style. Well, there were two reasons for it. Uh, one, you can't stop home runs by shifting the infielders. And the second one was that our ball club was uh, so in need of uh, runs and productivity that to, for me to get singles and get on base wouldn't have helped the team at all. So uh, that was one of the basic reasons. But uh, I was like Ted Williams. I felt that, uh, okay, you lose a lot of base hits. It kept me from being a lifetime 300 hitter. There's no question about that. But at the same time, uh, you got to stick with what got you there. And I was uh, I was a dead pull hitter and hit right on top of the plate. And, of course, that helped me in, in runs batted in and uh, home runs. We thank you for taking a few moments of your time. And uh, we continue. Everyone loves to listen to you call a game now. And uh, thanks for sharing your abilities with us. Well, you're awfully nice to say that. I still enjoy doing it. I still like coming to the ballpark. And baseball is still a great, great game and uh, as long as it stays this way, I'm going to be around. Well, thank you, Ralph. Baseball slugging sensation with double shock power, Ralph Kiner. By the way, in 1947, his explosive swing delivered 51 home runs for Pittsburgh, including a record eight in four consecutive games. Mercy! Until the bell rings, keep your hands up, your chin down. Shoot the jab. Don't make me look for you.